All right, all right. Welcome to another midweek live stream. Excited as always to connect and uh, just, man, just uh, <laughs> try to make sense of everything that's going on in the world these days. And you know, it looks like, you know, literally, you know, our, our country can't seem to get their house in order in time to uh, really give anybody any hope that things can uh, get back on the right path. But you know, we got, you know, we got, you know what time it is. But it's just one thing after the next. And right now, I guess most concerning issues that I would uh, want to uh, definitely on is the full faith and credit, whatever that means. Because that, state, that statement there, full faith and credit, was something that uh, worked well, you know, 40, 50 years ago on the transition away from the gold standard. But now, 50 years into this hyper debt bubble, I'm not quite sure that there's any credit <laughs> uh, available for the most part for our government to run upon or to use continuously, especially after being downgraded. You know, the reserve country, reserve currency country downgraded like that right there lets me know that maybe it ain't not so full and people don't have any faith no more. But we're going to talk about that and a couple other things. Uh, as always, want to welcome everybody to the to the to the community. Any first time viewers, let me know where you're watching from. I'd love to give you a quick shout out. And uh, more importantly, for those who are tuned in at this current moment, don't be afraid to hit that thumbs up button. Show your love for the channel. And also let me make sure my audio is good. Okay, let me know if everything's good. Just don't want to be talking and rambling. And you people can't hear me. So, all right, uh, we, we're going to make it fun tonight. Man. I, got maybe, I got maybe six charts that I grabbed off the internet that really caught my attention. Just showing more about how, you know, Main Street, you know, we know Wall Street has been siphoning currency from the working class since day one. But as of right now, you know, the pulse on Main Street is not too good either. And so I want to talk about that. And also I'll get your thoughts on this whole political spiel. I haven't followed it much other than the obvious. But as I start off talking about literally, we can't get our house in order, you know, in many ways. So it's going to be a very interesting day to say the least. But anyway, uh, let me make sure everything is running smoothly on my end here. Hope everyone is doing well. Uh, as always, I'm sure throughout the day, throughout the last two days, you guys have come across stories or whatever that caught your attention. Feel free when the phone lines open up and the Q&A portion start to bring it to the fold so everybody can be informed. That's one of the whole parts of having a community such as you guys that keep your eyes on everything. And so it's always good to be able to connect and uh be updated from everybody around the world. I think we have a lot of people tuning in from various parts of the country as well as outside. So, all right. So let me stop rambling, man. Let me just get to some numbers here. Oh, I almost forgot before I, before I move forward, like I need to take a minute to definitely big up uh, for Patriot. For those who might be new to the community, don't know, want to make sure everyone has a chance to continue to take time to utilize some of their current <sighs> disposable income to make sure that they're uh, using it wisely as far as, far as preparing for whatever may happen, who knows? We hope nothing, but then again, you never know. But anyway, uh, I'm gonna visit. I'm gonna go to the page for Patriot website real quick, and then we'll jump into some headlines. And I want to open up the phone lines. Probably a little early tonight. See where it takes us. So let me go. 
I would definitely want to encourage you guys to go to fourpatriots.com and type in four slash RTD. They give you a lot of information as to what's happening in reference to the preparedness game, because preparedness clearly nowadays is a skill that everyone needs to fine tune. And they do a good job of helping people do that. And they also got a nice little blog. So I encourage you to check them out. But more importantly, you know, there's a lot of issues that I've always talked about. And one of them is food shortages. And so clearly we are witnessing a change in the landscape and the types of food we can get as well as the quality of foods. And one of the things about being prepared is having emergency food on hand can help you avoid a lot of the issues that will come down the line. God forbid if something happens, but that's just one of the many areas that we've been talking about. So between like drought, inflation, all the other things, getting your food up is definitely something you guys want to do. And so I love the three months survival kick they have here as well as the one year, 72 hours, whatever you need, they got it. One of the benefits is you can create your own little stockpile, of whatever type of food you want, whether it be breakfasts, lunches, dinners, you name it. And it has a nice little long shelf life as well. So you don't have to worry about it going bad. And out of all the things, it's one of the few things that's still made in America. So they have a lot of energy products, solar products. So it'll definitely be worth taking, checking out. So I encourage you guys to do that. And so if you guys want to, I encourage you to save 10%. Just use the code RTD at checkout. And I appreciate them for being a blessing to the channel as well, being a partner of mine. So definitely check them out. Show them some love. All right, we want to jump right in and keep moving right along. So, um, as always, one thing that caught my attention, had to keep my eye on the commodity space, a.k.a. sound money. And it looks like as of this morning, there was a major sell-off to open up the markets. But then again, there was a recovery. And so, as you guys can see here, it got down to 2067 for silver, ended up at 2148. So, that's a nice recovery, given all the other things happening around the world, especially in the debt market, as well as the uh, concerns that the bank has uh, when it comes to their uh, credit issues that they're going to be facing pretty soon. And also, let me just jump in here, share my two cents on gold real quick. So we got down to 1815 throughout the day, but it happened to recover quite well uh, to 1831. So small jump, but then again, it just goes to show no matter what, it keeps plugging right along despite all these IOU nothings being exposed. And so we'll definitely uh, touch more on that if you guys want. But let's just get into the subject of the hour. So here's a headline that caught my attention that I wanted to just bring to the world because majority of the focus that takes place within uh, alternative media sphere happens to be surrounded about surrounded around the USD, uh, i.e. the US government mar uh, debt market, just because it is the most liquid, most abundant <laughs> uh, uh, debt uh, commodity, well, I don't think that's my liability that the world is dependent upon. But we're not, the, we're not the only country also experiencing the same type of jolts and their uh, bonds being sold off at an alarming rate. And so I looked at, you know, a lot of the European governments and they're all experiencing the same type of issues where uh, there's just a flight to capital, man. Everybody's looking to get liquid and it doesn't help that in this current environment, you know, when in the midst of uh, alleged or obvious, I'm sorry, stagflationary pressures where debt is becoming harder, harder to service, more and more people are in need of uh, liquidity. So I can see this stuff happening even more. But world's biggest bond market hit by relentless um, selling. And so one of the other markets that I want this, what this uh, article talks about is what's happening in Germany. And it's not too often I talk about foreign countries, but real quick, I'll thumb through some highlights from this article here, and then we'll get to a couple more. And as always, feel free to share your thoughts in the chat. But just a real, just a real quick here it says the U.S. Treasury yields surged to five percent for the first time since 2007. Since then, it's come down. I think it's about 487 or something like that. But it touched that five percent mark, and as you can tell, that's uh, going to be very problematic because uh, the entire world is holding on to uh, 
that that is literally losing <laughs> majorly right now. It says Germany's 10-year bond yield reached three percent, a significant milestone. So mind you, Germany for the last 10 plus years was in negative territory or damn near near negative. So the surge for them is way more shocking than for us. It says bond route sends uh shock waves globally impacting Australian, Canadian, and British bond yields. It says rising interest rates uh, affect mortgages, loans, and equity markets. So think about that. In every country I just mentioned, Australia, Canada, and Britain, and a couple others I want to show in a minute, one of the concerns is that the local economy could be impacted simply when it comes to mortgages, loans, and the stock market. It says global bond markets face a third consecutive year of losses, higher Borrowing costs create challenges for corporate borrowers. So central banks grapple with the dilemma of containing inflation versus a deteriorating economic outlook. Right. And I even saw a headline today saying that uh, I think it was the IMF is now beginning to encourage central banks to consider rethinking their 2% inflation mandate to adjust for the current economic conditions that they're facing. So, yeah. When in doubt, move to goalposts. <laughs> All right, here. So last one, it says, analysts pre predict a recession as a result of this bond sell-off, uh, which says, with long-term consequences on financial conditions, right? Okay, that's the, that's just a happy way of saying that uh, stuff is breaking stuff is breaking loose right now. Stuff is hitting the fan in a polite, in a polite way. But here's another thing I want to definitely touch on. So I went globally just to see what else is happening. Because, of course, the U.S. debt is the most pristine up until uh, right about now when the full faith and credit is probably not as uh, popular as the world, as the U.S. would like for it, especially knowing that within the next year they're going to be issuing damn near closer to a two trillion dollars worth of debt. So it's like when you when you know that there's going to be a floodgate of debt being issued, it's like, ah, you know, do I really want to hold? Do I really need to hold as much of that stuff knowing that we're going down together? OK, so here is just. Um, all the countries here and this little emergency alarm uh, symbol next to it says the symbol indicates uh, countries where 10 year yield changed considerably more than 50 basis points in the last three months. And so Sweden, we got Thailand, we go down here, we got Norway, we got Canada, we got Israel, we got South Korea, we got Greece, we got Hong Kong, we got Australia, we got the United States, we got Italy, we got Czech Republic, we got New Zealand, we got Chile, we got Indonesia, we got Romania. So the surge is happening everywhere. And so it's not just limited to the U.S. But then again, of course, the U.S. is pretty much the, you know, primary focal point. But just want, let's just let people know that it's not just an isolated event here of the debt that's becoming a problem touching the sovereign debt crisis type of levels, just because at the end of the day, you got to think about it. If is experiencing the same type of chaos internally, trying to stabilize things, fighting inflation, as well as their central banks continue to hike uh, in an environment where obviously if you want to ease things, you would probably want to cut, but they're doing the, in, the reverse of what would lead to a more stable and long lasting economy. So they're doing it in sync, i.e. they're doing it in unison together. So there's obviously a coordinated plan because clearly they would all know, I mean, everybody on the alternative media space kind of know what is the next obvious result of all this is they're expecting a pivot. But then again, they're playing hardball, talking about pausing for longer hmm, or raising a little more. So anyway, it goes, spells trouble. Now it's just a matter of how does all this blow through 
in the next coming coming uh, months, weeks, years, or whatever. So, just something to uh, put out there. All right, what else we got here? Uh, this is uh, let me share this with you. Just a little headline, and so talks about the ADP. I'm gonna jump on that right now. So the private sector added 89,000 jobs, slowest growth rate since 2021. So the job market <laughs> appears to be uh, perhaps cooling off a little bit. And so we'll see how this goes. But then again, numbers came in well below expectation. I want to say it was 150,000 expected. What was it? Uh, let me see here. Private sector employment grew by 89,000 jobs, the slowest pace of growth, of job growth in more than two years. The economy shows sign of pacing itself, according to the latest monthly ADP. The report, which comes out two days before the official jobs report for the labor department, uh, calculates how many private non-farm jobs have been added or subtracted from the economy over one-month calendar. So once again, 89,000 jobs in a country with 300-something million people. Mm, not really impressive. Not really impressive at all. Okay, let me get to some charts real quick. Here's things that really be of concern. Back to that full faith and credit. When you know that the person in question or the country in question can only just continue to borrow or expand, however you want to call it. So here's a chart here just basically showing what has taken place since this whole 45-day extension or kicking the can down the road, what it looks like. It says total U.S. debt hits a record $33.442 trillion up 275 billion in one day. So look at this little spike right here. Just, just no, it's, it's no end in sight for this. As exactly two weeks ago, the U.S. total debt hit 33 trillion for the first time. This means that the U.S. has added 32 billion in debt per day for the last two weeks. 32 billion per day. And mind you, majority of this is to literally just, just to pay bills, just to take care of things that's already been promised. So it's like we haven't even gotten into any additional costs needed for anything else. So yeah, it says at the current pace, the U S will add 1 trillion of debt in a month, 1 trillion worth of debt in a month. And so the question would then be, if you know that they have to continue to bring a currency into existence just to survive, think about being on the receiving end of that, how pristine and how, uh, how, how trustworthy, is those bonds moving forward to where you know you're going to get shafted at some point in the future. But then again, there's people out there who have to not told those things. So, all right, keep it moving. Here's another interesting chart here. This is uh, China U.S. Treasury holdings. And I, I'm not sure if it, was, if it was this little graph here or if it was another one. Let me move myself over here so I can read this. This might have mentioned it, but if not, I says China holdings of U.S. Treasuries continue to fall sharply since April. China has sold over 40 billion U.S. Treasuries. Since their peak roughly a decade ago, China has unloaded nearly 500 billion U.S. Treasury. Why is China selling U.S. Treasuries so aggressively? One answer is a potential slowdown of their economy. Another is that this could be part of their broader strategic shift. Regardless, this is a trend you can't ignore. And another person referenced that a good chunk of time of this accumulation for China was when interest rates were extremely low. So literally they're underwater for the most part on a lot of the holdings they have in treasuries. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they're deciding to unload a little bit just because they're taking a hit on them anyway. And at the pace of the way these interest rates are continuing to climb, they're only going to lose more uh, on that, uh, on the current holdings they have. So it's like, let me get out of Dodge before our, something blows up completely. So just another 
possibility out there, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. And then here's another little update on the whole oil um, situation. Nothing, nothing changed. It was just uh, the meeting was today. So it says Saudi Arabia and Russia will not alter voluntary oil supply cuts. So they're going to keep pace. I think Russia is 300,000 uh, barrels per day to the end of this year. And it says Wednesday would continue cutting an extra 1 million barrel per day. So Saudi's cutting 1 million per day and Russia's cutting 300 billion per day uh, from their production. So ultimately what that would do is put more pressure on the U.S. because we're not able to really fill up the SPR the way that we or they they did not do it when they should have, of course, by design. And so what that will probably end up doing is putting more pressure on the oil market of itself, which will probably in the beginning of next year, going into the election cycle, cause some issues in reference to whatever the price of that uh, oil might end up being. It's going to get probably get above the hundred dollar barrel mark. And that will not fare well heading to a presidential election if oil is so high. So they're probably deliberately doing this, knowing that next year when it really kicks in, that's when we're going to be at the pump, perhaps. So who knows? But we will see. Okay. What else we got here? A couple more real quick on the Nile. Graph that just shows what's happening as a result of this quantitative monetary experiment coming to a screeching halt. It says mortgage purchases applications in the U.S. has fallen to the lowest level since 1995. The average American household simply cannot afford the average home price at current mortgage rates of 7.7. And so we are probably be at 8% for that uh, 30 year fixed probably by the end of this month, based upon the way things are heading, which something's going to break if it hasn't broken already. So just something was happening to Main Street. And here's another one here. It says U.S. national debt is growing faster than the economy. <laughs> so U.S. national debt has been growing faster than the GDP for nearly 10 years. It says as of two weeks ago, national debt. Okay, I already mentioned that. So just this visual aid here shows how we're past the Rubicon. GDP, yeah, come on now. We're never coming back. Then here's another one here. It says banks have increased their reserve coverage ratio to 225%, the highest level in three decades. This signals that banks are preparing for credit deterioration and mounting losses should a recession hit. So they need some cushion. So they themselves are deciding to uh, get uh, make sure they hold on a little bit more of their reserves. All right, here's another little article here about what's happening in Main Street. 75,000 Kaiser Permanente workers go on strike and largest healthcare labor action in history. So this is going to be right along with the UAW, 75,000 thus far. Give you some headlines from this. It says over 75,000 workers across several states, including California, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, uh, Virginia, Washington, D.C. have initiated a strike. The strike represents about 40% of Kaiser's workforce and is the largest ever healthcare strike in the U.S. Workers from D.C. and Virginia began picketing at uh, 6 o'clock with average uh, strikes uh, planned and the barriers, whatever. Workers are protesting un unsafe working conditions and deteriorating patient care, <laughs> demanding better compensation and benefits. So says the payer said rejected Kaiser rejected a wage increase offer of at least $12, 12.5% over a four-year contract and state specific minimum wages of 21 to $23 per hour. So uh, more strikes, more strikes at the time where, I mean, I understand the importance of definitely trying to keep up the cost of living and everything in between, but when the overall economy is not doing the greatest, it's like, ah, just to be led into the, to be led to the slaughter. 
to where more than likely they're gonna have to make some they're gonna have to make some some just tough decisions. But then again, I can understand if I was in their position, I would try to get as much as I can while I can. And a lot of people don't know what's at stake here as far as our country. All right, last little stories here worth worth bringing up. It looks like uh, this is out of the gateway. It says FBI quietly created a new category of extremism of head of 2024 election to include Trump MAGA supporters. So ultimately, everybody who believes in truth, justice, righteousness, love their country, loves first, second, and all the amendments, uh, you might be considered an extremist because you go against what they are working towards. So that's what it boils down to. So how will this play out? I don't know, but I always remember saying that I think it was 74, 75 million of his fan base. I'm like, oh, they probably, they got hours on every single one of those individuals keeping tabs on what they do, what they say, and uh, it's going to come back at some point in the future. And then sure enough, they came out with that terrorism list for domestic citizens here. So anyway, something worthwhile here. And then also on the last note, it looks like it's probably not probable, but this is a tweet from Marjorie Green uh, about uh, says, uh, this is my choice for Speaker of the House. So we'll see how all this madness plays out. But as of right now, as I mentioned before, the U.S., we can't get our house. Over. It's too late. It's uh, never, never worth giving up. on. But then again, it's like at this current moment, what can we really expect? But anyway, that's just my little rant. Things that caught my attention. But let's uh, check in with you guys. What are you guys keeping your eyes on? What other subjects is worth bringing to the fold? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on these subject matters here. So feel free to give me a call and let's talk. It is the People's Talk Show. As you guys see here, the number, 313-462-0027. Or in the chat, throw out a topic or something and we'll try to jump on it. And I'll just share my opinion on it. That's all it is. That is all it is. If you haven't thus far, hit that thumbs up button. Show your love to the channel, man. Hopefully, as always, more people can get plugged in. Uh, says what we got here. TB, who you talk, who you referring to? Wherever you go, you there. Don't forget about RGD. What we got? Who's going somewhere? Uh, 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 uh. Do, 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 do. All right, let's get to some calls. Let me make sure I get this right. It'd be good if I can. Not have any malfunctions on my side this evening. <laughs> Not have any malfunctions. And I'm having malfunctions rise up again. I may have somebody on here, but for whatever reason, here we go. Somebody's on here. <sighs> Unfortunate. You would think I would figure this stuff out by now, but so I have somebody on here, but uh, let me try it again. Forgive me. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm trying. Forgive me. I'm trying to use an app, a third-party app. Let me close out and try to come back in, man. 